Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hi, everybody. Welcome in Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see all of you here with us. Man, it's good to be here. Good to be here tonight talking all things Bears football, your local radio and TV affiliate, of course, here on YouTube as well at Sports Talk Chicago. Big shout out to all of our great affiliates, WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, CDs 92.9 Talk FM, WJOB and Jet TV. Hans Glue here with you, John Meadows, directing and producing. So much Bears news has broken over this weekend. We're going to discuss all of it, including the fact that Kevin Warren's going to be making football decisions at the end of this season. We've been wondering where he's been. Well, now he's here. He's going to be evaluating Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, and more. We're going to discuss that coming up in just a second. Plus, what will happen to Matt Eberflus? And reports indicate that if Matt Eberflus goes, Justin Fields is out too. And we have a Bears-Lions preview for this Sunday's game in which we're going to be live for here on Sports Talk Chicago. It's a huge and loaded show. We appreciate all of you tuning in here with us on this great evening. Remember, you can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button. 18,600 subscribers and counting. We really appreciate all of you supporting. And, um... If you miss any of this show, hit up the podcast, sportstalkchicago.com. Also want to say that uh, we may have some more news coming up in the coming weeks about radio and TV affiliates, so stay tuned for that. We might see some new logos near the top of that screen, but we're certainly appreciative of all the great affiliates that we're on today. And, um, you know, it, it is awesome to see our audience continue to grow in the way that it has. And a huge thank you to all of them, all the station managers and program directors that we have great relationships with on a weekly basis for putting our show on and giving us the opportunity to reach more people across the radio and across television. Well, we've been wondering where Kevin Warren is. Mike North came out a couple of weeks ago and said the same thing. I've been saying it for months. Where the hell's Kevin Warren? He was supposed to be instrumental in making sure the stadium deal went through, and right now that's kind of in flux. We haven't heard any updates about that either. The Bears have done a good job at just keeping his name out of everything. <laughs> They've kept it quiet. Nobody knows where Kevin Warren is. We just see him during games, pissed off in his owner's box or in his president's box about how this on-the-field performance is going. Well, now, according to reports from Deanna Rossini of The Athletic, Kevin Warren is going to be making big decisions at the end of this season, and according to her, Kevin Warren alone is going to be making big decisions at the end of this season. I want to read you what she wrote. This is an official report from her. A league source told me, Rossini, that Kevin Warren has been given the power to oversee polls in the Bears' front office. He's earned it, too. With more than two decades of experience in the NFL, Warren has a strong hand in football operations and will have a significant role in the potential firings, hirings, and decisions at the quarterback position. He has spent the last eight months getting a feel for the organization. That may explain his silence. So here's what Rossini wrote. So what can we expect from Warren? He won't be making any knee-jerk decisions or choosing a path for optics. He's described as methodical, unemotional, a planner. There's a long-term approach being applied. 
It doesn't take a lot of emotion to see that the Bears could be in line for another major overhaul. Whoa! Atomic bomb dropped from Deanna Bersini. You know what? Happy to see it. I think the Bears deferring to Warren, he is the president, is the right move. Not Ted Phillips lurking around in the background, not the McCaskies, not anybody who has no idea what football means or what goes on over there, but actually a football person who is brought in to lead football operations. Kevin Warren's the president of the Chicago Bears. He's been a president of other teams. He's been an executive with other teams. He's the freaking commissioner of the Big Ten at one point. Certainly he knows what it all comes down to in terms of building a good football team. He knows what it means to have a good general manager, good executive, good head coach, good quarterback. He knows how all of that works. So the fact that he has been formally given power, according to this report, is unbelievably encouraging to me. What I love, and this was a great quote from Bersini, we're going to see if it comes into action, but here's what it says. He won't be making any knee-jerk decisions or choosing a path for optics. How many times have we seen coaches, executives, the Bears themselves, choosing paths for optics? I mean, it, it happens all the time. Every year we see paths and decisions made for optics. I don't want to feel bad about this. I don't want social media to kill me for that. We're going to put in Justin Fields because, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get rid of Mitch Trubisky because of this. We're going to get rid of Matt Nagy because of this. We might keep this person, that person. There's never a football decision behind personnel changes. It's always, well, how the fans going to react? How pissed are they going to get? Are they going to come for our heads? Kevin Warren says, no, he's not going to choose a path for optics. Meaning if he comes in, the Bears just fired everybody a couple of years ago. If they have to do it again, they will. Warren's described as, quote, methodical, unemotional, a planner. It doesn't take a lot of emotion to see that the Bears could be in line for another major overhaul. Uh Uh-oh. That's Rossini speaking, injecting her opinion, but based on her source, I find it pretty accurate to say that, too. And the main point is this, Kevin Warren has no loyalty nor ties to anybody in this Bears regime. See, we could sit here and make the connections that maybe he should keep pulls, keep Eberflus. He's indebted to some of them, indebted to Justin Fields. Not the case. Did Kevin Warren hire Ryan Pauls? No. Did Kevin Warren hire Matt Eberflus? No. Did Kevin Warren consent to having Justin Fields be his quarterback? No. But, John, they, they posed together at Justin Fields' graduation. My bad. I'm sorry. That means they must be best friends. No. Everything is on the table. And this isn't a matter of emotion or a matter of, oh, well, he hates. No, he doesn't hate anybody. He's going to do what's best for the organization, I hope, at least according to this report. Now, we'll see what he ends up doing. That will determine whether or not it's good or whether or not it's best for the organization. But as of right now, I'm going to trust this report from Rossini, and I love what it says. And here's the commentary from Sports Mockery, which I agree with. Warren had no say in the hiring of Poles and Eberflus. McCaskey and his committee might have felt that they were the two best choices to lead the Bears. Warren may feel differently. Yeah. And Warren's been around since 2005, at least with the Vikings, for a while. So Kevin Warren knows 
how to hire coaches, how to fire coaches, how to hire GMs, how to fire GMs. He's been a part of this process before. This isn't foreign to him, to say the least. And we'll know by January, maybe February, what really is going to happen to Eberflus and Poles and this whole situation. But I'll tell you what, with this report coming out now, this was a bombshell on a bye week coming out about the Bears and what's going on there. There are a lot of decisions that are going to be made that have to be made. They're going to be tough. People might not not like them, but I'll tell you what. To me, it's a no-brainer. And I love this article and this report from Rossini about Kevin Warren. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he sticks to his guns and makes decisions based on fact. Like, here's a fact. Matt Eberflus has the worst winning percentage in Bears history as far as a head coach goes. That's a fact. Fact. Ryan Poles screwed up with Bettis Jones Jr., Chase Claypool, and we, we could go on, on and on and on, right? He hired Matt Eberflus. He kept Justin Fields. Just saying. See, everybody has something working against them, and Ryan Poles has done some good, don't get me wrong, but Eberflus is not, and Poles' is bad at times outweighs the good. So now we sit here with a couple of games left in this season. The Bears are 4-8. and eight. They're not going anywhere. People are celebrating that they're in the hunt on some NBC sports graphics. I don't give a blank if they're in the hunt. They're not going anywhere. That's the, that's the truth of the matter. So come the end of this season, we're going to really see how this all plays out. But I'm not going to consider this season a success. I don't think Kevin Warren will either. It's not just me speaking. What do you think Kevin Warren's going to say? You think he's happy about how this has gone? He walks into a situation in which Ryan Poles is spending tons of money, fortunately. The Bears are all hyped up. Warren's in trying to help out with the stadium and help learn the ropes, and then they go 4-8. and eight. <laughs> And there's a quarterback situation at the very least. And we haven't seen enough out of Justin Fields to justify a big contract. And the Chase Claypool thing was an absolute nightmare. Phyllis Jones is a bust. Think it's a success? Think, you think Kevin Warren's sitting there thinking, you know what? Good year. Happy I'm part of this team. No. Of course not. He's not happy about this. Nobody would be. Any football evaluator, legitimate evaluator, not a fanboy or a fanalist or somebody who has loyalty to this team knows that this is not a great season. This is not a cause for celebration or joy. And here's what Rossini said, by the way, before her entire report, quote, everything is being evaluated. Thank you. Everything's going to be evaluated. Everything, every aspect of this team. And I'll tell you what, when you evaluate this team fairly and objectively, you cannot spin it in any which way that's going to make it look good. The Bears PR team might try to spin it. Uh, Analysts across the NFL might try to spin it in a certain direction. But the fact is they're 4-8. The fact is Justin Fields may or may not be the answer, but the fact that we don't know is a problem. The fact is Matt Eberflus is one of the worst coaches in Bears history, according to record. The fact is, at times, Ryan Poles has made bad decisions with personnel. Now, would it suck for the Bears to have to turn everything over and rebuild? Yeah, it would. I mean, what about these past two years, right? It would it would be horrible. And I'm not advocating to sit here and say, all right, you know what, let's just clean it up anyway. But what other choice do you have? If you keep Poles and keep Eberflus and keep Fields and just run it back again with this whole group, 
there might be a slight improvement, but how long is it going to take for you to put up results with this core and this team? How long must we wait for this? But they're 4-8 and eight now. They were horrendous last year. Kevin Warren is going to make that decision. And the fact that we're sitting here today and there's at least a threat of all this stuff happening, a threat of everybody being fired, is good because it shows that Kevin Warren's evaluating things as they are, not with a slant or with a loyalty or with the, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, he's being honest. He's being honest with the situation. He's being legitimate with what is going on. Because you cannot spin it any other way to me. Sorry. You can't sit here and tell me, hey, there's a lot to be excited about for next year. There could be some to be excited about, but not a lot and not everything. And this was a disaster of a season. We all recall what happened in July and August when the Bears spent money. We all thought, including myself, 9-18, and wildcard type team. And I am glad to say that, you know, that, that I was on that bandwagon. You know why? Because they spent money and they made things happen. And they decided to act somewhat like contenders. But clearly the results aren't there. And Kevin Warren's going to have to make the decision as to whether or not Poles, Eberplus, Fields, and pretty much everybody on this team deserves to stay. And right now, the answer is no. And the fact that this report came out or this source was leaked, whatever you want to call it, goes to show that there are doubts inside the Bears' presidential suite. That's enough to say that something may go down by the end of this season. I'm going to maintain that Poles is going to stay. I don't think they're going to fire him because he's only a two-year GM, although he made the decision to hire Eberflus and keep Fields. But I'll tell you what, Matt Eberflus is out the door, and there's Nothing that I could see him doing to retain his job unless they went out and finished nine and eight. Or maybe seven and ten, maybe eight and nine. I could see them keeping him around. But his laundry list of infractions are all the way up to here. And nobody could justify that to me. I mean, not let's go past the worst record in Bears history, right? He's got coaches on his staff making mistakes. He's got a defense that's improving now, but was horrendous in the beginning of the season. And his team just can't win. His team cannot win football games. That doesn't mean that he deserves to stay. If you lose, you get fired. We're not going to start rewarding mediocrity or cellar dwelling in the NFC North. So there's a lot on the table right now. And there's a lot to be determined. We don't know how things are going to fully play out, but I'll tell you what. The fact that this is on the table, the fact that this is being floated, (laughs) that is prominent in and of itself. I mean, the fact that this report came out the way it did too this weekend, kind of on a Sunday, uh, people kind of quiet, that's a big deal. And again, here's the direct quote. From Rossini, in her report, a leak source told me Warren has been given the power to oversee polls and the Bears' front office. So, Ryan Poles is being micromanaged and evaluated, as he should be, for some of his bad decisions. And if Poles was perfect, if Poles was doing everything right, this report wouldn't come out. 
and this knowledge of uh, Warren overseeing everything wouldn't come out or wouldn't even be occurring. You're only going to be watched closely when you keep screwing up. It's like at work, right? You get on a probationary plan, then eventually you're fired. A performance PIP is what they call it, right? Eventually, you know you're probably going to be out the door. Very few people survive that. And now Poles is kind of on that list here. In addition to everybody under him, so Eber, Plews, Fields, everybody's under this umbrella of Kevin Warren scrutinizing every minute detail. So, word of warning here to everybody. Kevin Warren's not playing around, which I love. So, instead of spinning the narrative to try and justify a successful 4-8 season, we should face the reality like Kevin Warren is and understand that this Bears team is a failure in 2023. Changes may come. More to come here on Sports Talk Chicago. Stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago, John Zaglow. Great to have all of you here with us across all of our great stations on the affiliate network, WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 FM, WJOB and Jet TV. John Zaglou here with you. John Meadows directing and producing segment two of, the, of today's program. You miss any part of this show, you know where to go, sportstalkchicago.com. You can follow us all over as well at Sports Talk Chicago on social media. And uh, hit up the YouTube page. We're live. All of the shows that you listen to, if you're listening or watching on TV, you can watch and listen to as well. See my face on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. 18,600 subscribers and counting. And all of your support really helps us to increase our audience, and increase our growth for all of you. Certainly appreciative to everybody who currently subscribes as well. Well, we talked about Kevin Warren, micromanaging Ryan Poles and company, and now Dan Wiederer, friend of this program, friend of mine in the media, is coming out too and saying some more things about potential changes for the Bears in terms of their on-the-field product. Now, this was not talking about Ryan Poles as much as Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. And to me, this is a bombshell report. I'm surprised it has not gotten as much publicity as it should have. I mean, this is pretty big stuff here. I'm stunned when I read this. and We're going to read it for you right here on Sports Talk Chicago. So here it all is. This is from Wiederer in the Chicago Tribune. encourage you to read it. Well, the chatter within league circles that it will be far more difficult for Poles to justify keeping Eberflus next month than it will be to dismiss him. That's a bombshell. That's number one. It's going to be far more difficult for Ryan Poles to justify keeping Eberflus than it will be to dismiss him. And the popular sentiment is that the timing couldn't be more optimal for the team to justify coaching change on circumstances alone. And here's what the source said. Quote, let's be real. <laughs> Not a good start to that quote from the source. Here we go. Quote, given the Bears' history, in my mind, it's highly important that they start 2024 with somebody who can successfully develop a quarterback, anybody. And if you're the GM there, how could you turn down the rare opportunity to do both at once? You choose the best QB in the draft class and link him up with one of the best offensive head coaching prospects of the moment. And... Here's what else Swedeber said. The sentiment inside the league is that the Bears' job would be far more attractive if it came with a clean slate at quarterback. 
prospective candidates likely would feel far more eager to marry with a rookie and take on a time-sensitive developmental challenge with Fields. Uh Uh-oh, don't want to hear those words about Justin Fields. People are freaking out, but that's the truth. Especially with no promise that a potential reset would provide anywhere near the same choices for the team that this draft cycle will. The Bears have two picks inside the top five. What do people not understand about that? I know Justin Fields has gotten a little bit better. And I am not trying to say, kick him out of town, he sucks, whatever. What what I'm saying is, look, you have two picks inside the top five, and your coach is going to be axed. It is clear, and it is true, that a new coach is going to want to come in and choose his quarterback. And imagine if the coach has a say in drafting a quarterback. That is much more attracted to any coach out there than, oh, by the way, you're going to have to inherit Justin Fields. Good luck with him. Going to be year four, five-year contract, then you may have to pay him or not. I don't know what to do. Even Wiedemann said it. Developmental challenge. Developmental challenge are the words he used about Justin Fields, and it's a fact because it is a developmental challenge. You could bring in some quarterback guru of a coach, and maybe he's just a Justin Fields fan and wants him to succeed, and that'd be great, and it would work out. But other than that, which is highly, highly unlikely, you're going to have a coach who wants to come in and have his own guy and develop him from the ground up, not be stuck with Fields, who Matt Nagy couldn't develop, which is not a surprise, and now Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze couldn't develop, which is kind of not a surprise as well. This is a bombshell report to me. This is bigger than the Kevin Warren news. And this has all come out, of course, in the Bears' bye week. Why wouldn't it? Keeping us going with the news cycle. But how crazy is that? It's going to be far more difficult for Poles to justify keeping Eberflus than it will be to dismiss him. Yeah, that's pretty much saying, which is on everybody's mind, how in the world could you justify keeping him, which we said in our first segment. Somebody explained it to me, and I've, I've seen people actually defend Eberflus, right? Like, there were uh, back-of-the-day Matt Nagy supporters and Matt Nagy truthers, but they all went away come 2021 because they knew, all right, this is pretty bad. <laughs> they knew, especially with Justin Fields, okay, this, yep, not going to work. Matt Nagy sucks, right? Everybody came to that moment when he screwed up Justin Fields. We all knew by that time. Some people knew before like me, but others, it took some time and they found out. Why are some people still defending and advocating for and saying that Matt Eberflus should stick around? Explain to me one reason why he should stay. What, the defense? Who gives a rip? Okay, you have a supposedly a great quarterback. You are not an offensive team. You're 4-8. You have the worst record in Bears history as a coach. You cannot be justified being kept. Sorry. Nobody could justify it. He's going to be gone, as he should be. That's it. And at that point, according to Wiedemann, which is a fair report, the Bears' job's going to be more attractive if it came with a clean slate of quarterback, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I mean, if you really thought that Justin Fields was going to survive and make it to a third-head coach— How many times does that happen in football? I I can't even think of one time in which that that occurred. I can't. I can't think of one time. Usually, if you have a new head coach come in, especially in the Bears situation, right? They're 4-8. They're another bottom feeder. 
You're going to need somebody to come in and clean this whole place up again, like Eberplus and Poles were supposed to do. They clearly failed. You're going to have to have a new coach come in and clean this team up. Why would they want to stick with, why would they want to keep the most prized possession of a football team? They want their own guy. And especially if they hire a coach in January, February, then the draft comes around in April, they're going to want to pick somebody that they want from the draft. They're going to have input on who the Bears should pick at quarterback. And that's a fair assessment. That's not controversial. That's not mean. That's not hurting people's feelings. That's the fact of the matter. It happens all the time. And it's going to happen here. So people don't want to hear it. People are going to get all pissed off and worked up about it. But this is an official report, and it makes 100% sense. And I think the key thing, at least, first and foremost, I, I hope we can all agree on this. There's probably 10% of Eberflus truthers out there. Oh, the defense is getting better. Keep him around. No, you don't keep him around. He sucks. But... If Matt Eberflus goes, the Bears are going to probably attract more coaches if they get rid of fields, too. Nevertheless, as it was said in this report, it's going to be hard for Ryan Poles to justify keeping Eberflus. I mean, can anybody actually, like if you were Ryan Poles, right? You're, you're sitting here, end of, the, uh, end of the season meetings, you're meeting at a big office with Kevin Warren, all suited up, buttoned up, and you're going to sit there and make a case and be like, you got to keep him. Come on. <laughs> Please, don't fire him. He's my guy. You, you can't do that. Who could justify it? If Ryan Poles can't justify it, then you can't justify it. I can't justify it. He's going to be gone. So let's get that out there first. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here probably for 90% of you, but I have seen people out there justify Eberflus staying. The defense has gotten better. Oh, they're going to be better in third year. No, he has to go now. Gone. He'll be gone. Then from there, it's going to be quarterbacking. What are they going to do? Is it fair to run fields out of town just because of the situation? No. I'd rather run fields out of town if he isn't good enough, right? That, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be, well, oh, you know, we're going to hire a new coach to buy default fields is out. That kind of sucks. I'd actually feel bad for him. But the fact is, right now, that's the reality of the situation. Eberflus will not stay. And the Bears' situation, which is unique, is going to call for them to draft a quarterback. Now, if the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, right? Let's say they had zero first-round picks. They're going to fire their coach, bring in another coach, maybe a young coach, another rookie head coach. They would probably force that coach to work with Fields. And I would actually understand it because you have no other options. What are you going to do? You can't draft a quarterback. There's nobody available unless you maybe sign a one-year veteran or a two-year deal for a veteran. So in that situation, I get it. But the situation for the Bears is extremely unique. They could hit the reset button without hitting the reset button, to their credit. They're, they already suck. They're, they're already horrible. This rebuild, quote-unquote, is not working. But guess what? They could rebuild again next year in April and not miss a beat. They're going to have two picks in the top ten. They could have potentially a new head coach, maybe even a new GM, but if not a new head coach... That's intriguing. Something could happen. So the situation is the issue. And I know people don't really see it that way. People don't want to talk about it. People are letting emotions getting into it. But I'm just 
we're just being real here. Even the source said, let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. Let's actually tell the truth about what's going on here. Okay, don't listen to the fanboys or people celebrating. I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter, I kid you not, celebrating that the Bears were officially in the hunt on NBC. You know, they put the graphic up, wild card graphic, the playoff graphic, and the Bears were listed at 4-8, and eight, and they were in the hunt, and got people celebrating that. Maybe they were joking, maybe they were trolling, but I don't find that funny. I find that damn pathetic, okay? We don't understand what success is, so we attribute success to being in the hunt at 4-8. and eight. My goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. So when you think about this situation, and when you think about what goes into it, you have two top five picks. You have a situation in which if you fire the head coach, the position becomes more desirable if you get rid of the cornerback too. What are you going to do, right? And then you have a team in which rebuilding was an option. They tried to do it, and clearly it isn't working. Now you could rebuild, quote-unquote, again without really missing any time or having another hard reset. You you already suck. You're going to have two top ten picks. You can draft a quarterback, and bam, here we go. We're back at it. New head coach, new quarterback, here we go. So that's the thought process there. And I know people may not want to hear that. I understand and I get it, but that may be the reality of the situation. This is a unique situation. We want to make that clear here. This is not just your run-of-the-mill situation. And I will go on the record and say in this, if the Bears had no first-round picks, I would advocate keeping Justin Fields because what's the point? What's your alternative? You're going to you know, sign a veteran to a one- or two-year deal like a la Jimmy G? How'd that work out? Horrible. You might as well let him develop and, and continue. Even if he sucks, I mean, it's better than what you're probably going to get, right? If the Bears had no first-round picks, they had a coach who wasn't on the hot seat, I'd say keep him. Even if they had a coach who was on the hot seat, like Ebert Blues, but zero first-round picks, I would advocate for the Bears to keep Fields. But the fact is... The fact is, two top five picks for the Bears coming. Definitely a new head coach, and now this report confirms everything that if the Bears get rid of their quarterback, this vacancy is going to become unbelievably attractive because that coach could come in, have two top five picks, top six picks to work with, draft his QB that he wants, and develop him. I'll tell you what, I'm not saying that it's going to be another Houston Texans situation here, but it could occur. New head coach, head coach wanted that quarterback, and now look, the Texans are in the playoff hunt in his rookie year, both guys' rookie years. It could happen here. I'm not saying it will, but it could. You could run the risk of that possibility occurring, which would be great. We have to look at this from the big picture here. You know, we have to look at this from the big picture, not just go, well, I, I love Field so much, and He'd get a raw deal. He would get a raw deal if Eberflus got fired, then they just said, see you, Justin Fields. That would kind of be a raw deal. I agree. I'm with you on that. I don't, think, I don't think that'd be right. But if it's based on performance, different story. But Again, knowing what we know and what's apparent, plus this report from Dan Wiederer, plus the report earlier from Deanna Bersini, it is clear and obvious to me that Eberflus is going to be gone. And then after that, 
It's going to be a super attractive position for a coach who can draft a quarterback, not somebody who has to, in Dan Wiedemer's words, deal with a developmental challenge. Yeah, that's a quote. Developmental challenge in Justin Fields. Yes, it is a challenge because it's year three and we're seeing nothing. So there's a lot on the line here and a lot at stake. I know a lot of people, you know, don't like this situation. I don't like it either. I'm not sitting here happy or celebrating that the Bears are in this position again. It's actually pretty damn sad. It's really sad. People should be held accountable for it. Will they? I don't know. I mean, Matt Eberplus might, but Ryan Poles probably won't. He should be too. This all in all was a disaster of the season. It, it was a disaster. This was not something that should be taken lightly or should be celebrated. This sucked. This was horrible. And people are going to be held accountable at year's end. The positive is, though, and here's the silver lining, even with this disaster, even with people held accountable, even with this quote-unquote rebuild not working, guess what? Guess what? The Bears have two top five picks, and they could do it all over again and potentially be good in a year or two. Not kidding. If they draft correctly and if they hire a good coach. That's the positive. There's a chance to rebound unbelievably quick if they actually do things the right way. If they don't, it's going to be another Poles and Eberflus nightmare disaster with another quarterback, poor quarterback, who's going to be at their wit's end. This is Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. Sports Talk Chicago back at it. Last segment of the program here today. Big shout out to all of our great TV and radio affiliates. WKAN, 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 FM, Gen TV, and WJOB. We are on all of those stations every single week. This is John Zaglul. John Meadows is directing and producing. If you miss any of this show, hit up sportstalkchicago.com or go to your favorite podcast provider. Go back and listen to each segment of the program. Also, the full program uh, will be out there, too. Uh, full thing. About 45 to 48 minutes. You can listen to it and pop it in as you drive around throughout the week. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. And uh, hit up our YouTube channel as well. Like the video and please subscribe. We're at 18,600-plus subscribers, trying to get to 20,000. And uh, all your guys' help really pushes us through. We, we appreciate you guys supporting and appreciate you guys being here with us. First couple of segments, we talked about some bombshell reports. In case you missed it, go back and listen. But in essence, if I could recap or at least uh, review it a bit, right now, according to Dan Wiedemer, Matt Eberflus may be gone by the end of this year. It's not official, but it's according to some speculation and league sources. And if a new coach comes in, the Bears are going to want a different quarterback. Plus, Deanna Bersini said from The Athletic, that's... Kevin Warren's going to be making final decisions on everything. So he's going to be evaluating everything, too. Final segment of today's program, Bears-Lions. Rematch coming up. We're going to preview this game. Lions right now at 9-3. Best start to a season since 1962 for Detroit. They are killing it this year. They won this past weekend barely, but they did win over New Orleans. And they beat the Bears just a few weeks ago. 31 to 26. Jared Goff 
I'm a down-to-earth a little bit, but still effective. 20 touchdowns, 8 picks, 98 passer rating. But how about their run game? David Montgomery. David Montgomery. Boom, Ryan Poles let go because he didn't want to give him $5 million guaranteed in his second year of a contract. Montgomery at 26, still young, is averaging 78 yards per game, 704 rushing yards, and he may get to 1,000 by year's end. Oh, yeah, and he missed three games. Montgomery's averaging 4.7 per carry. Jameer Gibbs averaging 5.4. Man, their run game is amazing. 1,600 rushing yards already for Detroit. Plus, Jared Goff obviously doing his thing at quarterback. Amon Ross St. Brown's already 1,000 yards. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, is at 679. They might have a couple of 1,000-yard receivers. They may have a couple of 1,000-yard rushers. And they got Jared Goff slinging it like crazy. Mr. Jared Goff, who threw a couple of picks last game against this Bears defense, who put it all together and still won the game for Detroit. Meanwhile, the Bears stand at 4-8. Bears are at 4-8. Justin Fields on this season, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks, 1,500-plus passing yards. And he's averaging... Just under 200 yards per game, a 92 passer rating. Front of the football, believe it or not, it's Justin Fields who does have the most on the team. The Bears' run game is not horrendous. They just have it spread out a little bit more. I mean, they actually have similar amount of yards to Detroit on the ground. Detroit at 1648, the Bears at 1652. So they're about even in the run game. The Bears have relied on so many different people to their credit who have all stepped up to make something happen. Foreman has been great in limited time. Fields. He's averaging five a carry. He actually leads the team in yards per carry, which is really nice to see. 77 attempts, 400 yards. Khalil Herbert is at 331. And Roshan Johnson also at 232. Those guys have been the main guys running the football. D.J. Moore's already at 1,000 receiving yards. Believe it or not, yeah, D.J. Moore, he actually needs 500-plus more, around 500 more to break the Bears' all-time single-season record held by Brandon Marshall. So we could see some history for D.J. Moore despite quarterback changes and ineffectiveness at the position. Second in the running is Cole Komet at 482. Darnell Mooney only at 351, by the way. That's pretty bad. Anyway, how do we expect this game to go? Well, I, I did say in the initial in the initial Bears versus Lions preview, the Bears were going to get smacked. Clearly, I was wrong. But the Bears ended up losing in historic fashion, if you will. <laughs> they made history with the way they lost. Are they going to win this week? I don't see it. But I think, and I've learned my lesson, it's going to be a closer game than people think. I would say. I had to make a prediction on this one. Let's see. I'm going to go. Bears did put up 26 last time. So I will say the Bears will score 24. They're going to lose. Detroit wins. Detroit wins 27-24. That's my prediction. Detroit wins 27-24. I don't think this is too controversial or too crazy. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Detroit's. Uh, is obviously the better team, and 
At 9-3, and three, they are going to make a significant run. Not only are they going to make the playoffs, of course, but they could even go further in the playoffs. We'll have to see. I mean, they're going to have to get past the 49ers and the Eagles, but Detroit's going to be in there. And no matter what they do, I don't care if Detroit is a first-round out and they win nothing. This is a huge success for them. They're going to win the division for the first time in a long time. I mean, this is significant for Detroit. What a year, and what an opportunity to celebrate for them, no matter what. And as for the Bears, I mean, we talked about it in our opening segment, and I know Matt Eberflus has addressed it publicly. Every game is going to be evaluation, right? Every game is going to be an evaluation of Justin Fields, of this team, who's going to stay, who's going to go. Is Eberflus going to stay or go? Same with polls. So every game's an evaluation. I want to see how Justin Fields does in the fourth quarter, because last time these two teams faced off, the Bears, as a defense, blew it. Fields fumbled late. Well, you know, if it's going to be a close game, well, Fields, could he lead a comeback? Right? That's a fair question. Could Fields lead a comeback this week if need be? Is this going to be a close game? Can the Bears' defense again get to Jared Goff? Because to their credit, for three and a half quarters, they played lights out. I mean, they forced Goff to throw what? Three, four picks? How they lost is beyond me still, but the defense played great. So I'm excited to see how this one goes. I think it's actually going to be a close game, which will be fun for us and fun for all you know, all of you to, to watch and for us to call here on STC. That's going to be nice. I just don't see them winning, and I'm curious to at least look at these little nuances, right? So how will the defense do? Um, how will Fields do? Could Fields play well against this Detroit D? Can Fields come through if need be in the fourth quarter? I think every game moving forward, regardless of who they're facing, that's going to be a test for Fields. Can he come through consistently in the fourth? Can he hold on to the football, not fumble it, not make a mistake, and actually lead game-winning drives consistently in the fourth quarter? That's a fair question. Going to have to see if it works out this Sunday, too. You know, we don't know. Cairo Santos has been the team MVP, and we'll see him kick at least. Maybe the Bears will just kick a bunch of field goals and win again, like they did on Monday night. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think they're going to win. They're going to lose 27-24. But there will be things to evaluate. For Matt Eberflus, I'm not going to defend him staying, but I know people will if they see that the defense does better, right? How will the defense do in this situation against another Jared Goff-led Detroit offense? Dan Campbell-led Detroit offense. Ben Johnson led Detroit offense. Could be a head coaching candidate. That's going to be fun to watch and fun to see. The Bears are really going to have to control the run game. I mean, if the Bears want any chance to win, which it's kind of the blueprint that we've seen or that we saw in their first meeting, got to control the run. You can't have David Montgomery running wild or Jameer Gibbs, for that matter. Both of them ran wild the last game. And that's going to be tough to contain both of them. They're doing great, but you got to contain them. you got to force Jared Goff to be Jared Goff. Because I like Jared Goff, and I respect him. I want to say that first. I respect him. When he got traded from, Detroit, uh, from L.A. to Detroit, I thought, oh, my goodness, that's it. He's going to go to a place where his career is going to die. Clearly, it hasn't. In fact, if you look at the side-to-side statistical comparison, he's done just as good, if not better, in Detroit than in L.A., which is crazy. 
So can the Bears force Jared Goff to be Jared Goff? Can they at least force him at times to make mistakes? Because Goff is not perfect. He's an above average, maybe 14th, 13th best quarterback in football. That's good. But he does make mistakes. He's susceptible to turnovers, to constant interceptions, to fumbles. Can they force Jared Goff to be Jared Goff? Can the defensive pressure kill him, get him scared, force him to make a mistake, bad throw? Can the Bears' defense hold on to in terms of covering downfield? Amon Ross St. Brown was a thorn of the Bears' side last game. He's a thorn in everybody's side. Laporta also did pretty good. And as a rookie, has 700 receiving yards as a tight end. Doing better than Cole Komet, who the Bears just paid money to. My gosh. Don't worry, though, guys. He's, he's worth every penny. So, there are factors that the Bears could limit and control that could allow for a win. We could see it. But, are the Bears going to do their best, and are they going to perform in terms of controlling those factors? Can they win the turnover battle? Big question. And they stop the run from Detroit, and they have two solid rushers, in addition to Craig Reynolds, who's done great as their third running back, even. you got three guys you got to contain. If they do that, they're going to win. Seriously. I mean, I mean it. If the Bears actually... Force Jared Goff to throw a bunch of picks and limit their rush offense, they may have a chance to win the game, like they did a couple of weeks ago. All they had to do was, I mean, just run the clock out, and they screwed that up. So what will they do this week? I don't know. If they lose again in that manner, that should really solidify uh, what's going to happen to Poles, or I'm sorry, Eberplus at least. We'll see how it plays out, but things to consider. So my official prediction, Bears lose 27-24. It's going to be a closer game than all of us expect, I think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily, but I'm not counting on them and holding my breath to see them win. Especially if every play is going to be a damn screen again, too. My gosh. Right? Luke Getzey's just going to call screens all game long for Justin Fields. Then in the fourth quarter, the Bears are going to be down by a touchdown. They're going to have Fields trying to lead a drive. He's going to throw a pick six, and the game's going to be over. Sounds about right, right? Sounds like uh, every game for the Bears this season. And even if the Bears stick to the game plan, I want to make this note, it doesn't mean they're going to win. The Bears forced Jared Goff to throw three picks. They limited them, Detroit, and they still lost. So, even if they do everything they should do, even if they do everything they should do, they still might lose. (laughs) Talk about mediocre. Actually, mediocre means average. Talk about beyond pathetic. That's a better word. So, we'll see how this one plays out. I want to remind everybody that if you are planning on watching the game, you can watch it here with us. On Sunday, going to be live on Sports Talk Chicago's YouTube channel. We do this every game in case you're kind of unaware. We put the game off the screen. We give you a play-by-play reaction and calls and our commentary. We interact with people in the chat, and we also do a post-game show, me and John here. So um, I encourage you to come on out, subscribe, and tune in. We get a lot of people, 2,000-plus people almost every stream, sometimes more, uh, depending on the game. So Really hope that you guys could come join us for that, especially if you're listening 
all of our radio and TV affiliates, and you're hanging out on Sunday watching the game, you don't have to be miserable alone. You could do it with us. Okay? It's a nice deal that we got here. <laughs> uh, but on that note, with the Bears probably going to lose, that'll pretty much wrap us up here on Sports Talk Chicago. I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in across all of our great and fun affiliates. WKAN and Kankakee, 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 Talk FM down in Bloomington Normal, WJOB and JEDTV across Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland. As I mentioned uh, near the top of the show, I'll make sure we give you more news as it comes through. We could be having some new affiliates, some more affiliates joining us and hitting us up near the new year. So as we get more details about that, we're going to make sure we ramp it up promote it and get people excited about it super cool stuff a big thank you to john meadows for directing and producing Make sure everything looks great behind the scenes remember you can follow us all over at sports talk chicago hit up the youtube channel subscribe at sports talk chicago hit the like button on our videos and help us out remember that if you miss any part of today's show if you're just catching it right now on the radio or on tv don't worry go to sportstalkchicago.com that's sportstalkchicago.com or your favorite podcasting platform like apple spotify TuneIn, odyssey wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to the show for free in full or by segment or both if you love us that much you can listen twice and then also rate us and give us a review on all those platforms <laughs> um thank you all for tuning in we had a great time here tonight. It's great to be back. And uh, we will be with you this Sunday for the Bears game. We're going to be with you next week as well. Recapping all of it. Giving you our reaction, our takes. It's going to be a real good time. So, appreciate you. And until next time, so long from Sports Talk Chicago. Thank you. <laughs>